Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. Excited today to have Grant Garlock with BMC Capital. Grant, how's it going? Great, Mark. Thanks very much for having me on and, and excited to, to have our chat. Today. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to be talking bridge loans. Um, seems like there's you know, some bridge product that's still available, but there's some changes to terms. Uh, there's some bank product, uh, both local, you know, community, regional uh, banks out there lending as well. You know, we've got agency debt. Um, you know, that's kind of been the, the big topic of discussion, but today I wanted to focus on bank and bridge loans. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Grant, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and your company. Yes. Uh, Grant Garlock. I'm a, uh, mortgage banker for BMC Capital here in Dallas. Um, we are, we're, we're kind of a unique institution in that we, we also have a bank, Titan Bank. Uh, which which we are able to fund things through and and it allows us to offer some things to our customers such as for example in, in this environment and we were able to give them PPP loans uh, which which was a great help to a lot of our customers in this difficult time uh, my primary focus is uh, multifamily uh, debt and equity um, you know, the, our, our company does, uh, arranges equity and debt financing for all uh, asset types in the commercial real estate uh, arena. Um, the bulk of our business is probably between one and 50 million, uh, slightly skewed to the lower end of that. Uh, we work nationwide, we have six offices across the country. Uh, we have a book of national lenders from all uh, sorts and varieties, from bank, credit union, bridge, hard money, LifeGo, agency, multifamily, you name it, we can do it. Um, you know, we've been around since 1990, uh, so we, we're, we're here to stay, and, and we're proud to call Dallas-Fort Worth our home and headquarters, so. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that, Grant. Also, will you introduce your yourself uh, a little bit about your background and experience? Yes. Um, so primarily, I've been a lender for most of my career. Um, I've done, I've worked on the credit side and underwriting. I've also originated loans for banks and debt funds, uh, whether it's a senior loan or uh, MES, uh, MES debt. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, I, I decided that. I needed to be, I needed to work at a place that I could offer my clients any kind of debt that they wanted. Uh, and that's why I chose to move over to BMC. And it, it's been a great opportunity for me. And I love talking to borrowers and, and helping them find solutions. Awesome. Well, great. Excited to have you on. Um, so let's get right into this. Let's talk bridge debt uh, and also, you know, a couple bridge with bank. Um, maybe you want to talk about the differences there, but let's talk pre COVID versus, you know, post COVID or where we're at today. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about where the market was in January. Uh, we had, we had a ton of deals the first quarter 
for us was was record. Uh, we were we were you know just then start off the year with a bang, and quite frankly, I've never seen lenders this aggressive. Uh, the the bridge markets at that time were were very deep. Uh, whether it's a bank, a debt fund, a life company, the the amount of money that was available for one to five years uh, was enormous. And so you, you know, you didn't have any trouble finding, finding a home for your deal or finding the most op optimal execution. Um, so say, you know, typical terms for a fully levered 80% loan to cost deal could be anywhere from say 185 L plus 185 uh, if you're willing to take recourse to say L250 to 300 on on and on recourse basis, there was just so much money out there. And so then, you know, kind of the first thing to change in the market was the securitization market tanked after kind of the the uncertainty in the stock market and people couldn't get their loans sold. So those people, the people who sell their loans uh, within the bridge market go to the CLO market, uh, collateral, it's, which is called a, excuse me, <laughs> let me say that again, collateralized loan obligation. So they sell their, they originate their loans and then they sell them into the market. Well, no, no, there are nobody securitizing loans. So that market is out. That's a, that was a fairly significant portion of the bridge market. Uh, over the last five years. So they left. So that that level of execution is gone. Um, next up, you know, the banks uh, have, have largely remained in there, but th they've always been more conservative. They're, they're always going to be, you know, at 60 to 80%, 80% if, you know, you're, you're very, very strong borrower with, with, deep resources to bring to the bank. Um, so they've basically stayed the same, but they've kind of been hampered by dealing with the, the PPP loans, which are out there and really focusing on protecting small businesses. So while they're available, you know, to make loans, they just, they don't have the resources to allocate them towards the origination of these loans. They have to focus on their small businesses. Um, then debt funds. So debt funds are interesting. They, there's a wide swath there. It's a, you know, it's a fairly, you know, wide term, right? So, so there are several types. There are some people that are just a dedicated unlevered fund. Those people have money already raised available for them to use and they can deploy it whenever they want and they don't have to receive approval from anyone. Those people are out there and available because they're not reliable on other sources. Uh, now they cost more and they, they cost even more than they did. Something like that uh, in, in before in January probably would have cost you 7%. That's gonna cost you 12% on the interest rate. Uh, then on the other the other side of that is you have non non discretionary funds so they have to raise the capital whenever they do the loan those are they're still in the market but it's 
more difficult to do that. The, the credit underwriting there has become much tighter because they, they have to go out and raise the capital to do it, to do the deal. Then finally, you know, there would be the, the leverage funds. And so those funds, uh, they don't fund all of, all of the loan themselves. They fund it vis-a-vis -vis a revolver or a line of credit uh, or just another investor. And those have really pulled back because all those funding sources have either some lines have been cut, others have been greatly reduced, or the cost of those that line debt or that additional leverage to the debt fund has gone up. And as a result, we've seen pricing go up significantly. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, your typical bridge loan now, I would say it's gonna start anywhere, if it's a non-recourse high leverage deal, call it 80% loan to cost, it's gonna start at 7%. Um, now there are other, other places that can do it, like you can do it with a bank, uh, and, and get a better rate, same leverage, but you gotta be able to come to the table with recourse and also be strong operator of the property and you know be able to, to do a lot more business with that lender. Um, at the same time, you know, you've seen the other, the other what I would call bridge, but it's, it's really not a true value-add bridge uh, product, is the agency short-term loans. And those, uh, those are very difficult to get even in, uh, even in good markets, just because they're very selective and, and it has to, that has to fit into a very specific box. And that box has gotten even tighter today. So I, I don't see that as, as being a really huge opportunity in the current market. So who do you see getting the majority of the business from value-add multifamily investors today? Where, where are they going? Are they going to the bank and taking on recourse? Or? I, I've, had, I've had more recourse requests uh, in the last 30 days than I think I've had in my whole three years at BMC. Primarily, people want non-recourse debt. You know, it's, it's great stuff. They understand it. Um, and their, their home and personal assets aren't at risk. Um, but, you know, in this market, if, you know, if, if you want to get the, if you want to get the good rates, you're, you're going to have to step in and do it. Uh, now, not everybody's able to do that. Um, so that's, that's, that's the issue. Uh, but I've, what I'm seeing in terms of the, the people that I work with, I've started to see a lot of money that was on the sideline in terms of looking at deals come into the market and being willing to take on recourse to make these deals work and, 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 you know, find, find ways to, to buy properties. Okay, great. So that kind of gave us a picture of pre COVID and post COVID and what options are available. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that. Uh, what, what data points should investors be tracking that the lenders are tracking as well? Because, you know, this is a rapidly changing environment. It seems to change, you know, from week to week. Um, so what are some specific data points that investors should be tracking? Good point. Uh, thank you. The, the, the three, I would say, main data points that you need to focus on to understand what the market will be doing over the next 60 to 90 days are COVID, 
how, how are we doing nationally and on a local level? And what, what I mean by that is, okay, is, is your specific area in still in sheltered place and restrictions on who's working and who's not? Uh, and how many, where we are nationally on that level. Uh, number two, also within that COVID, what does that mean in terms of rent and eviction uh, restrictions there? Because that may, you know, reduce your ability to raise rents or, or force people or evict people if you need to, uh, which, which may hinder your ability to do your bridge plan. Second, uh, second key data point is to look at rent collections. Now we've rent collections here in Dallas, Fort Worth. I think we're, we're largely on, on pace for March. I think a slight dip in April, if, if I'm not correct, if I'm correct there, Bart, uh, you've done an excellent job of collecting that data. Um, so those things, those things tend to be trending okay, but what, what we really need to know is what happens May, June, and July, um, because a lot of people are out of work. Uh, a lot of people are affected by this, by this illness themselves. They're sick. Uh, so we need to understand, you know, how that's going to play out. And that's part of the reason why there has been some reluctance and the cost of doing business has gone up is that people just don't know how they're going to operate it operate the how the property is going to perform so a lender doesn't want to put a term sheet out there that hey 60 days from now when we sit at the closing table all of a sudden the property looks completely different so that is a that is a very big key to, to follow uh, the third I think and, and final one I would I would focus on would be looking at defaults uh, loan defaults are key in terms of determining where you're, uh, how, how lenders are looking right now. The greater the defaults, the more restrictive, and the less likely they're going to be to loan, uh, loan capital out. So those three things, COVID, uh, rental payments, and loan defaults. Those are the three things you need to look at. Okay. And if people have trouble looking to find that information, they can, of course, always reach out to Grant or myself. Mm -hmm. Um, happy to provide that information. Uh, Grant, I guess my last question for you is how are you, how can you help investors today? So first thing is um, uh, my, my door is always open, call, email, text. Uh, I love sizing deals. If, if, if your clients have an opportunity that they're interested in, you know, please have them reach out. Happy to give them my thoughts uh, and underwrite the deal. Uh, number two, I'm, I'm putting out a, a weekly summary on the, the status of the multifamily debt market, not just bridge. Uh, and I'm happy to provide that to you and your clients, uh, along with updates on those key statistics that to follow that I talked about and where they're trending uh, so that you can you can stay up to date uh, and your and your uh, clients can stay up to date with where the market is and, and sort of where we see things going. Awesome. Thanks so much. What's the best way for the listeners to reach out and learn more about uh, BMC Capital or, or get their deal sized up? Um, well, I, what I can do is I, I can, uh, what would you prefer I do? I, my, my email is ggarlock at BMC Capital. 
Uh, and you can always reach me on LinkedIn, the company website, bmccapital.com. Uh, and, you know, my phone, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hand you that information to hand out to your clients uh, awesome. as, 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 as needed. Thanks so much. Yeah. So Grant and I did a deal, um, I guess it was last year when the agency's buckets were full. Uh, one of my clients, um, actually went to Grant and said, Hey, I, I, my loan proceeds got cut at the closing table. Uh, I need a short term option and we can quickly stabilize this property and go to agency and uh, Grant was able to provide. So thanks for that. I, I can attest, uh, for, you know, Grant's knowledge and his ability to close loans, um, and, and have some creative, um, um, short term options as well. Uh, like we discussed today. So Grant, thanks so much for your time and I hope to see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Mark, for having me on.